Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome in to another edition of the J.P. Peterson Show here on this, we're going to call it a little college football Thursday, as we got a couple of great guests coming on today to talk Florida State and Florida football. Pat Burnham from the Osceola Rivals Network will join us at 11 o'clock live from uh, Jacksonville, where the Knowles are practicing. They've been doing that for a couple of years, heading over to Jacksonville to do a couple of uh practices they've done it at img as well i don't know if they're doing that again this year i'll have to check the schedule so we'll talk to pat burnham at 11 o'clock um also we will talk to scott carter at 10 30 from floridagators.com and our jeeves law group gator report so we'll catch up with scott and see what's going on in fall camp there with billy napier and the gators and also uh good morning to you nick geddes uh, from on three sports i'm forgetting our nil guest named josh Josh um, Norris. 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 Jake, Norris. Jake, Jake Norris. Jake Norris. Jake Norris. So Jake Norris is a NIL agent, and he is actually uh, based here in St. Petersburg. Young guy. He's got some uh, some big-name guys, Jashawn Ward and some others. And I just thought we'd have an interesting conversation with him to find out kind of the inside scoop on what's going on in NIL from a NIL agent perspective. So he'll join us at 11.45. So we got lots of college football talk and – a little bonus guest here, Gary Koch, the uh, brand-new recipient of the 2023 Payne Stewart Award given to someone in golf uh, that has been a giant in the business and has done incredible philanthropy, of which Gary Koch has done here in our local area and continues to do with the first tee of Tampa Bay, making a huge difference for so many young golfers here and kids that never even dreamed of playing golf. So we'll have a great conversation with Gary Koch as we get ready for the FedEx Cup playoffs as well which uh, begin today in Memphis at the St. Jude Classic. So lots to get to. Good morning to you, Nick Geddes. How are you? I am doing much better now that I have s- safely landed into our RHS studios because I'm not sure oh, if no. you know, but today was the first day of school over here in Hillsborough. Uh, yes. In Hillsborough uh, yes. County. And uh, so, you know, my wife traffic. my wife being a teacher and everything, I was up early with her and I was timing it. I was like, I'm going to leave extra early, give myself time. Oh, boy, I'm glad that I did because it was a cluster you-know-what out there from the second I pulled out of my neighborhood this morning, and people forgot how to drive. People have forgotten how to drive and navigate the the rigors of the early morning school traffic, and it was very frustrating. But They never knew. So I'm I'm safely landed here, though. Well, thank God for that. Thank God for that. Good to have you back and uh, safe in in the RHS TV studios here. All right, let's let's get it rolling today. the Rays, you know, this is what we're going to get on our bullpen days. Uh, it started started bad. Although, you know, on bullpen days, if we give up six, I'm almost okay with that because you know I think they should know on bullpen days you got to score six or seven to win the game. Um, I'd like to keep it to five. Five would be nice. You know, four and a half average would be okay. But um, uh, this is what we're going to get the rest of the season, unfortunately. As and and this is also going to tax the bullpen, so the bullpen will be even more wor- worn out by the time we get to October. This is what happens when you lose what four starting pitchers to injuries, three of them to Tommy John injuries. It's just it's bad. But um, I guess the good news is Wander Franco for the 
second time in two weeks hit his career-long homer. Uh, a couple weeks ago was the, the 441. Last night, 448. That was a bomb that he hit. But unfortunately, it's only worth one run. It was a solo shot. Well, that's kind of what the Rays did last night. I mean, they, you look at the box score, they got nine hits. And yeah. you would think there would have been more, but they really didn't threaten. I think the entire game, they only got three runners in scoring position all yeah. night on nine hits. I mean, that's not great. So it just never felt like they were really threatening in that game. St. Louis was teeing off early. I and mean, Jalen Beeks had a great 1-2-3 to get out of the first inning. And I was like, oh, who's this Jalen Beeks? I haven't seen him go 1-2-3. As we had our, our commenters predicting yesterday that it wouldn't be such, uh, that he was right. the worst pitcher in the world. Right. Oh. And then he got, he got hit a little bit in the second. And then, I mean, listen. They brought in Kevin Kelly after, who's been just straight nails for this team all season long. Had that 20-inning scoreless streak that was going on for a while until Texas broke it up uh, a couple weeks back. He's kind of the guy you want to see out of the bullpen. I think it was the right decision by Kevin Cash, and just unfortunately Kevin Kelly wasn't able to execute. Uh, he's very young, obviously, as we know. I just hope he's not hitting a, a little bit of a wall here. He got hit pretty hard against Houston and uh, about a week ago as yeah. well, so... Uh, it just it just like you said, when you have these bullpen days, more stress on the bullpen arms and things like that, it's almost bound to happen. And the Rays not being able to get guys in scoring position, you get what you got last night, and that's a six four loss. Well, and uh, you know, to be expected on, on some of these days, and uh, I think this is just where the where the Rays are right now. And um, you know, Savali is going to have to be really really good now. Glass now, I believe, is set to start on Saturday. We're op- well, his, hold on. Uh, we're optimistic. We're optimistic. We're optimistic. Okay. okay. Got to tag that in there. All right. You want to you play a couple highlights from the Rays last night? Yeah. And mi- since you mentioned the, uh, the Wander bomb, uh, we'll, go, we'll bomb. go in reverse order a little bit, but let's go with the let's Wander. the sound of this one. Yeah. Let's go to the Wander one first, which uh, I believe is what? His 16th home run of the season? For mm-hmm. Wander Franco, yeah. so he's inching closer yeah. to the, the 20 home run mark, but here it was. Rather see third. Wander shoots one high and deep to right center. That baby's going to get out of here. Gone. Home run by Wander Franco. That's number 16. Number 16 into a, a section where there was zero fans <laughs> Zero fans sitting last night, into right there into the ray of blue seats. Yeah, um, it was a pretty good crowd last night, wasn't it? Though a lot it of was like, fans it was like eleven. It was like eleven thousand, I think. Kind of back to the hey, normal not level. Not bad for a, for a Wednesday night. Not bad. Day before school. Night. Day before school. I kid. I kid. Right? I have to kid because yeah. you you tagged me in that thing this morning about what happened at Fenway, and I hadn't responded <laughs> to it yet. I figured I'd just make my comments known on the show. Yeah, if you if, if you didn't see it, folks, the something that's never happened in the history of Fenway Park. Forgot Which who I'm hit, surprised that I'm yeah. surprised, but somebody hit a ball to left field. I forgot who it was, and somehow it hit that light. Those little like what are those strobe light kind of deals they have going on there on yeah. the Fenway Park wall, and got stuck in there. And well, they, they have the old time scoreboard there, and right. it's lit up, and it went into like one of the out the the little red lights that do the outs butchered by the left fielder by the way right but damn Pretty right though as you said that would never happen at the trop no goofiness. No, just go no, go off six catwalks no and, no, uh, no goofiness happen like, bound off six catwalks hit a speaker and then down on the concrete hard crappy turf uh yeah that's all that's all what happened at america's ballpark and then maybe 
maybe ricochet into the twenty dollars a pop Mister Softy machine. But I don't. Know. I, I digress. It's still, a, still America's ballpark, according to you. So it is. anyway, we're moving on. Um, how about Series Bomb? Yeah, he's well, got twenty three now. Twenty three home runs. He hit two home runs yesterday, and you saw that come. I, I surely did not. I said that this has a chance to be one of the better pickups the Rays have honestly ever had. When you think about what they gave yeah. up, really limited, but. Uh, here was the the first home run that he hit last night off of Dakota Hudson. High shot deep into center field. Carlton will go to the wall. That baby is gone. Home run, home day series. And that one went a long way to center field. When he hits one, too, like these are not just like barely going over the wall. He he mm-hmm. hits. He gets into them, and boy does he pimp them as well, which I love. Yeah. I love. Have some swag. Have some swag to your game. It's all good. It's all good. No, you know that's that's a positive in baseball. We're having a little bit more fun now, and hopefully the well, you know, the pitchers don't get their panties in a wad. Well, that's the thing. Know. Dakota Hudson clearly did get his panties in the wad. His next at bat, yeah. did you see it? He brushed him back with a fastball high and in on yeah, the first of pitch of the next at bat, of course. I, I just don't get that, man. I mean, you throw a meaty ass meatball up there, it's all your fault. And now you're going to, you know, endanger someone's life by throwing at their head. I, w- I would have thrown him out right there. I don't know. Of course, they, they, they don't, don't have the balls to do it. Just toss him out right there. That's, that's the way you stop this crap. That's the way you stop. You don't do the warning things. Which are just absolutely counterproductive. That rewards the team that does it first. Um, just get him out. You know exactly what he's doing. You knew it. I knew it. Everybody knew it. Then just throw him out. Just throw him out. And, and oh, it slipped. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> Looked like you were throwing at his head. Bye bye. You know. Sorry. Know. We all I, saw I, it. I we no all. But I saw it coming though. But never fear. Jose Siri got the best of him in that at bat because two pitches later he hits his 23rd home run to retake the Rays' lead from Isak Paredes, and here it was. Mm-hmm. And a long one back into deep left. Burleson along the wall, and that one is out of here. Home run for Jose Siri. His second of the night. Man, you just got I love the way this kid has started to play uh, this year, uh, and you hope he can continue when it's just not a hot hot streak. Uh, love his flair. Anybody miss Kevin Kiermaier? I was just going to bring KK and I was $12 million <laughs> salary. Who, by the way, is on the injured list again, go figure. Get well, KK. Uh, yeah. No, I was definitely going to bring know. that up, though, because I'm like, I, if we finally have a guy, he's, he's only hitting like 218, right? He's not like, not like he's like, right. like Barry Bonds at the plate or anything. But the fact that he's going to give you at least 25 home runs this year with that elite defense, everything else he does, I mean, mm. biggest upgrade ever as far as I'm concerned, especially from the money mm. standpoint. You can't even really oh, compare yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, how the, how'd the Cardinals score their runs last night? Who got the big hit for them? Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. I knew you were going to I knew you were going to do this. I saw him, and it was a great piece of hitting and whatnot. He went one for five, two Ks. Yandy would never. And no, Yandy went zero for five last night. You're right. He would never. <laughs> and two RBIs, two two big RBIs for the RBI machine, nah. uh, known as Paul Goldschmidt. Nah. Just just throwing just throwing it out there, just throwing it out there. Imagine having Yandy and him in that lineup. Woo! Wow, that'd be like a real 
and Major League Baseball team spend imagine, the money. Imagine having the, like imagine having the, uh, the AL batting champ hitting leadoff for you every single night. It's great. Oh, it's great. You it's could great. have that, and then Goldschmidt, and then Goldschmidt in the three hole. You could have you could have both. This is they have this new thing. It's called the designated hitter. Have you heard of this? Yeah, you can designate one of your players to hit and not play the field. Oh, hmm. yeah. Well, wow, give yourself more versatility out there. I got, I got jo- and, and thicken up your lineup. Yeah, who? Hey, would I, got, I got, I got, Josh Lowe. I got, I got, I had Josh Lowe with DH about winning night. on a budget. Let's get excited about winning on a budget. Oh, our owner's going to make so much money this year. Oh, I'm so happy. It's so exciting being a Rays fan where we never actually spend money on big hitters. Woo! Yeah, we're going to go do it in the offseason, man. We're going to go get one in the offseason. We're in on Freddie Freeman. We're in on Shohei Otani. Yeah, yeah, we're in on Juan Soto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're not. You never are. You never is are. There a day, is there a money. day you don't think never. about Is there a day you don't think about the Rays payroll? I'm curious. No, is there a day? Because you guys are all getting shafted as race fans. Does this, enter, does, this enter, does this enter your mind when you we're watch all, every game? You always get shafted by a greedy owner. Well, I just hey, we, we hey, we, I'm we just, I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm just going to point out the Rays DH last night was Josh Lowe, who's hitting the same batting average as Paul Goldschmidt, the same OPS as Paul Goldschmidt. So you know what? Yeah, how many MVPs has he won? How many All Star games? So caught up in the past. So caught up in the past. What about the right now? The current. Yeah, bring me a nice veteran hitter in the middle of that lineup that's an RBI machine that can, you know, maybe teach some of these younger players how to be professionals. Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be really, really awesome. But we move on. Let's talk about, or should we do cash? You want to hear cash post last night? Should yeah, we we'll, we'll go to cash real quick. All right, let's hear uh, cash from, from last night. night. We haven't played Kevin Cash in a while, so yeah, we have. Uh, let's hear what the manager had to say. I miss Kevin all right, I guess we'll start with maybe Kevin Kelly there. He's been so good for you guys this season. Oh, maybe it goes top, negative top, early. Top of the third and top of the fourth. What were you seeing from him? Yeah, a little bit. Look, KK, he has been really, really good for us. And um, just so impressed how far he's come since you know getting him in his start to the big league career, his big league career. Today it didn't come easy. you got to credit the, the Cardinals for sure for putting together some good at-bats. It felt like there were some long at-bats. Some veteran hitters took it to 3-2 on him, and when he got in those 3-2 situations, they weren't looking to do, do too much. They were looking to put balls in play and kind of shoot balls and, and find holes, and they did that. And you know The lefties, a couple walks that came across, and then after the walks, some, some really big at-bats. And maybe a couple defensive things at the top of the third. The Arenado are RBI went kind of through Isak and Wander. What did you see there, maybe? Neither one of them had no chance at looking. I went back and looked at it. The, the reaction, they can dive twice. They're not catching that ball. It split them right down the, the middle. Come back to Kevin. Was he maybe in a way like too much over the plate there? I mean, he usually has so much movement with that. Yeah, I mean, well, 3-2, you got those strike. Yeah. So when you get in those counts, we were asking for a strike. Um, it looked like, you know, the guys he got ahead of, he just threw a couple pitches that were well out of the zone um, that, you know, brought them back into the count. Then he had to throw some strikes. Um, the pitch to Goldschmidt and, and Arenado, I mean, we're talking about two Hall of Famers. They're, they're going to make adjustments, and, and they did. Jose Siri with a yeah big day for game. yeah big big day for Jose big both big home runs I mean I felt like the entire time right there to the end we had a chance to win the game if we could just get some guys on base I felt like our sequencing of hits just didn't align today I mean we, we got hits late with nobody on we got some guys on base that's when they they made their bigger pitches against us gotcha and then just you've done this bullpen day many many times but it seems like it kind of illustrates how you know you need almost everybody to be on 
you have one guy who's maybe not quite on and, and yeah, I mean, but the, separation. yeah, an offense can overcome that. But, yeah, we don't go through a bullpen day assuming that we're just going to shut people down. Right. Um, so, bullpen day or starter, who I hope they're on. I want them both to be on. Right. Well, just you need six guys to yeah. be on. I think that was all. Yeah. And the guy who wander. predicted uh, Siri would have 23 homers before August 10th? I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Look, I'm so impressed with what Jose, the season he's put together. He's, he's really made the most of you know, making himself a, a, a better hitter. Uh, we saw a guy last year that I think was trying to find his way a little bit and the balance between showing power and the hit ability and have, not expanding. You know, there, there's some reward and there's some cost with his approach. He's going to expand. We know that. But when he gets a ball and connects with it, he can hit it a long way, and he's done that. 23 times like I predicted. Another nice night for Wander, too. I think it was the longest home run of his career. Yeah, like he's, I mean, Wander's really doing it. Both sides of the ball. Um, it's, it's you know, when, when he when he's right, and not to put added pressure on Wander, but when he's right, it, the, the, the shape, the feel of our team is, is pretty special. Did you expect them to bring the left-hander in for uh, against Franco? Uh, they had a lefty warming up. No, I did not. You didn't think so? No. <laughs> I, I need to know. I need to know this. I got to find out. Who's the who's the OG that's been asking questions lately? And dare he, like, ask questions about managerial decisions, by the way. And I didn't even know. Like, so Franco was up and there was a lefty warming. Did you think they were going to bring the lefty in? He's like, no. Why would they bring, you know, obviously the wander switch hitter. But I'm like. I, I'm trying to like figure out who this guy is. Number one, I love him already. By the way, I just I I, I just love that voice. Hey, you, know, you think that lefty gonna against Franco? No, Franco. He, uh, yeah, was it Franco? Did he? He's called him Franco, right? Yeah, Franco. Fra- like, <laughs> like Franco he, selling hot dogs at it. I'm a Franco with say, a K. Franco. Is he like the Rays? The Rays media version of Ira Kaufman? I kind of gathered a little is. bit of that. I, I I need to. Is somebody in the in the chat or somebody out there has to? Who is this guy? He's already my favorite. I get. I find out who he is. Asking the questions because yeah, he's all he's he's always got a question right at the end. There is something to do with the, a managerial decision. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Let's go there. Let's go there. Pepper in the man the manager Ben. Pepper in him. Okay. Cash loves it. He loves it. You know, he never he, he never gets upset about guys asking about managerial decisions. He never you know he never takes that personal. That's part of the. By the way, that's part of the game. That's not. You're not insulting anytime you ask a question about you know a managerial decision and a coaching decision, which by the way I think are the are the, some of the best questions to ask that never get asked. You know, you have the player or the coach in front of you. What what can you ask them where they will have a unique perspective? Not how would you feel about you know what are your emotions? Those, those are not terrible questions depending on the, the situation. But I would like it's like you know okay you know three one there. Um, you know, this guy knows that you you're, you haven't been hitting the breaking balls well, and he comes at you uh, with with a fastball again or whatever. You know, whatever the case may be, take go inside the mind of the athlete or the coach and ask why they made that particular decision because that's you're they're the only one that can really tell you, and that gives you kind of some insight to the strategy of the game. To me, that's that's always where you know this is what these interviews were meant to be. You know, you go into the locker room. You want to find out what these guys were thinking or why they made the choices that they made at particular times. And I sometimes I think that's kind of lost in all the 
emotions and you know what you have for breakfast and you know what you know what, how'd you do with your hair today like were you going with the rat tail or dreads so i like how does that play so into hold it? up i take it i take it that you're not a fan of like when we have like these media days in college football and we have the questions like you know did you take your did you take your daughter to see barbie or, or oppenheimer yet what do you what do you mean, think are you do, are you one of I those do. people that looks down on the people that try to like put some levity into those things no i mean it, it's all time and play i'm not saying those questions I like those questions as well. Those are fun. Those are fun, fun to have. I'm not, but I think we're we we now have gone to those questions instead of instead of questions about the actual strategy of the game. That's my, my I love those questions. I don't I don't want to say they're not fun and they have their places in press conferences, preseason media days. Those are great times for those questions, right? Because we don't we're not talking well, about games. Yeah, and I, I even go back to like and this is so recent was I think it was yesterday's Bulls press conference, which we might play a little later. But there was like a question he was asked about, like non-topical to relating to like this Bucks team, and he was like, you know, what do you remember about your first preseason game that you ever played in, like the first time, and your emo- like how you were fe- all that kind of stuff, and like that question, ironically, to me, got the best answer out of Todd Bowles, and you actually have, saw him crack a smile a little bit, and he talked a little longer, yeah. which he doesn't do. Yeah. So like yeah. in the right setting, like you will get a really good answer if you ask a little something, maybe not as topical, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't have problems with those questions at all. I mean, right after a game, you know, instead of asking, you know, what were you thinking on oh, 3-1 pitch? This, this reminds know. me of, like, like uh, what was it, two years ago when it was uh, it was right before January, and they had this one reporter from, like, Variety or something who somehow was in a Patriots press conference after a game that they lost. And remember she asked Bill Belichick, you know, I'm doing a story on New Year's resolutions. Yeah, yeah, Bill, yeah, what's yeah, your what's yeah, your New Year's yeah, resolution? That's after exactly a, my after point. a yeah. Patriots loss. And before we get it twisted, I, I Trisha does a fantastic job. She Absolutely. Does a great job asking questions. I think she she's fantastic. And uh so before anybody and when the reason I said, Oh, she went negative early, I was like, Oh, that was interesting. Because, you know, normally that's uh that's not the MO and it rarely should it be. Uh, but that she went right to you know the, the key part of the question. The, you know, that's the first time KK has really given up the booty. <laughs> the new, I K- mean, so, the new KK. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I like, I so, like, I like Kevin Kelly being KK more than the other guy. Yeah, it costs a lot less. So woo. I'm going all yeah. in on Mr. Kiermaier this morning. I'm on a mood. You are. I'm on a mood yeah. about him. Guy's down about and him. out. He's hurt. And you're just piling dirt on him, man. That's Clearly, so I am. Long. Listen, he, he's on the rival now, so I could pound as much dirt on him as I want to. Yeah. Um, all right, let's have, since it's, it's college football day here, and we'll be talking some college football here with uh, Scott Carter. Um, uh, I love the way Matt Baker does this from the times he, he gives us, when he puts his top 25 out. I was once a top 25 voter, by the way, one year I did that. Back in the day when we had to phone it in. We had to phone it oh in. Oh, my gosh. That's the, right, like, that's the epitome of the back in my day. That's yeah, the epitome of that. Day. Had to phone right, it right, in. We had to phone it in by 9 a.m. Sunday morning to the AP. That, that's as bad as you telling me last year that you had to read. When you played fantasy football when you were younger, you had to read the scores in the paper the next morning yeah. or some crap like that. Yes. Yes. You didn't know who won till like, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Then it's, you know. You didn't even send out an email. Yeah, and when the how, and, and nowadays how we freaking did it. To be nowadays, honest. when the app crashes or something on like week one of the regular season, I'm like going right. insane. I'm like, fix right. this crap right now, right now. My app didn't work. How am I supposed to live? Oh my god, what am I gonna? I can't get fantasy football results for for. Do I gotta wait thirty seconds? Oh my god. Oh my god. This is. I'm changing it's apps. True. This it's is true. Ridiculous. Unacceptable. It's true. I'm writing a strongly worded letter. A strongly worded I, letter. By the way, um, 
little little insight here, and only I read these stupid articles. Um, last night, Bob Iger, I guess yesterday or last night, Bob Iger from Disney, um, the parent company of ESPN, basically on a on a on a call with shareholders was design, you know, kind of mapping out what they're going to do. And first of all, you know, uh, ESPN bet is coming. ESPN bet is coming. Yeah, and this you know, the uh, the whole barstool sell. Yeah, part of this. they're working with Barstool. Well, no, no, they're not working with Barstool. They're not working with Barstool. Oh. This was Penn who, or Dave Portnoy bought Barstool back from Penn for like a dollar. Right. And right. then I think part of the thing is that the sports book that they had made is now being transferred over to ESPN to become ESPN Bet. And right. Barstool, Barstool's not, in, under the deal, they cannot make a sports book, apparently. Right. But... So, but anyway, Portnoy is going to make about a half a half a billion dollars on this transaction when it's all said and done. And I just find it quite quite ironic that not only did Portnoy destroy ESPN's business on so many levels by by crap by by giving people what they wanted. By the way, the ESPN stopped doing. How I've talked about this many times. Ignore your core customers, ignore your core values, and you will go broke. And that's exactly what ESPN has done now. And they ignored him, and thus leading to the the birth of Barstool and so many other great outlets uh, for sports news. And now he's going to make another half a billion off of them, which I think is just absolutely incredibly ironic and wonderful. And now ESPN is going to go to an all-subscription model. So the days of the you know charging every cable subscriber $6 a pop, making hundreds of millions of dollars and wasting it on whatever the hell they're doing, now they've had to clean house on all so much of their great talent that they've let go, and now they're going to go all subscription. You tell me, Mister uh, Millennial, how many of your friends are going to pay nineteen ninety nine a month for ESPN, and how many of them, first of all, are going to figure out how to rip it off? Um, I, I I can already tell you right now. I know at least a few that would know how to rip it off. Number one. Yeah, number two. Included. I mean, I mean, number two. What do we pay right now? Like it's like six ninety nine for ESPN Plus. I think that I pay because yeah, it, it it's like going up gradually. Nineteen yeah. ninety nine a month. I mean, listen. There's going to become an event that I'm going to have to want to watch, and eventually, like you'll cave. It's just kind of the way yeah. it goes. I don't know how many people are going to rest on their laurels. Like I'm not paying it, no matter what's on TV. Think of how many big events, sporting events, live events are on ESPN. You're going to end up yeah. having to pay. There's a lot. Um... I don't know. I don't know about that. I think people will be able to find like, ways like for, around it. Like, yeah, you can find ways around it that we don't need to really get into on this show, but I think you can just infer. Uh, but <laughs> at least that's the way I feel. But no, like exactly. it's, it's little things. Like if the Bucks are playing on Monday Wait, Night Football, are you, like, are you going to want to be fiddling around trying to find a way to crack the system, or do you just want the convenience of being, all right, let me just go to my ESPN app. Let me turn it on. We'll see. I, I just think the majority of people, I think they're going to lose a ton of viewers. They've already lost a, a crap ton of viewers. And their core audience has already sweared off them. I think so many of so many people are just so disgusted with ESPN. Um, look, they, they made a political choice a few years ago. They've stuck to it. They do not offer any other outside opinions whatsoever. Uh, the people that will actually pay for it, have the money to pay for it, probably won't pay for it. The people that can rip it off will probably rip it off. I just think I think it's going to be a disaster. It's already a, they're already a financial disaster. And it's going to get even worse for ESPN. So, um, I mean, I'm excited to I, see what McAfee's coming. What next month on the on the network? Like, I'm I'm excited for that. I want to see how that goes. I want to see how filtered he's going to be. 
I'm curious on that one and how much they're going to see an, and how much they're going to see an uptick in in viewership at that time. When, when's when's this show going to be on? I thought it was, but they said this fall, and so I believe it was September. What time slot though? Uh, what was it? The noon to two? Noon to two? I believe so. Yeah, because I think they moved Sports Center at noon somewhere else. So I believe he's going right in at noon to two. Okay, interesting, interesting. Oh, we'll see, we'll see. I, I'm very interested to see how filtered he's going to be. And how different the show's going to look just because he can't drop F-bombs. No, but I think he's going to end up becoming the number one show on probably sports media, I think. I think that's fair because, I mean, first take's always going to be a big player, I guess. But like, if if he's not forced to filter all of his stuff. And then if people see him as a sellout, he's not going to – his core audience is going to go away. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you wanted him to be not filtered completely, you could have just put him on ESPN+. That's the only yeah. way you could get around that. But they really right. need him on ESPN, clearly. His allure was the anti-establishment. That's his allure. And now he's going to the ultra-establishment. And they're going to make him conform. Don't think they won't. Don't think they won't. And and I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see what his core fan base says. They're, I think they're going to say, this is trash. This, ain't the, this is not what we used to see. So we'll see. I think, I think it's going to be a tremendous – I agree with you. I, I can't wait to see – What's up with that? All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Scott Carter from FloridaGators.com is going to join us. We're going to talk some Florida football. They've got an absolute murderer's row uh, scheduled this year and a lot of young players. going to be an interesting year for Billy Napier. The Gator Report brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves. The Law Group is up next. That personal attention you so richly deserve from a law firm that can go against the big boys, but will call you back when you call them. How about that? That's the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Lawgroup.com. Back with the Gator Report right after this. Stay with us. Hey, guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bamc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bamc.com jp here for the jeeves law group have you been injured in an accident in an auto accident truck accident motorcycle accident at work or at a place of business well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements. 
but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and 
and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here as we uh, roll on on this uh, College Football Thursday. We're going to talk a lot of college football. We're uh, waiting the arrival of Scott Carter in our little uh, stream yard box there. We'll pump him up when, uh, when he jumps aboard. Uh, obviously, these guys are very busy during these times. Sometimes things pop up uh, in the middle of fall camp. So, yeah, we will... Uh, Da, da, da. Uh, I will do a little producing here on the air. Nick, um, Scott says he does not have the link, so I will send you his email, and maybe you may have sent it to the wrong email, so we'll do that right now. Da, 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 da. This is how we do it. I, I, I am uh, smart enough to know in my old age that I can't uh, well, multitask like I once did. Ask him to uh, ask him to check his spam because this happened with TJ. Remember when we were having? Oh, was it are we going on? into spam now? I sent like ten emails to TJ, and I'm like, I'm trying, TJ, I'm trying. And he was like, Oh, they all went to my spam. So, and that's like a new development, right? Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, like my, my emails that I'm sending out are popping in people's spam. So that very may well be because I've sent like a few to him, but I'll, I'll send another one for good measure here. See if we can get yeah. Maybe the, uh, maybe the stream yard stuff now has been marked as spam for some reason. Um, I don't know. We may have to, may have to look into another uh, company to do this. I don't know. Uh, we, we shall see, but he'll, he'll pop up here in just a little bit. Um, I was reading, by the way, uh, you can find all the Scott Carter stuff on floridagators.com. Um, great, great resource. I was uh, looking at some of his articles on, um, uh, practice so far, and it's obviously just like uh, the Buccaneers. It's the quarterback battle that's getting a lot of uh, attention, but it's it, it looks pretty much like Graham Mertz is going to uh, sew this up because you know he's got he's got uh, a lot of experience. Obviously, coming from Wisconsin, he's been around, started games. What kind of experience uh, does he have? <laughs> not great experience. <laughs> But I, I mean, mean, it's I was we just said I mean at the same time. No, I was going to say like I mean it is Wisconsin. I mean yeah. we're not going to ever associate them with offense. No, so Big Ten, it's Big Ten. Come it's on, Big man. Ten, it's tough. I get Our it. Conference, but, but second the, best conference out there. Yeah, but the SEC and given their schedule, I mean it's not really going to let up for Graham <laughs> Murray. Well, the, the 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 bigger part of it is you've got an offensive line that's young, um, and you've got also. A quarterback that's maybe not the most fleet of foot. He's he's a drop back, right. uh, you know, big kid type of quarterback, and he's not going to be eluding a whole lot of the this, this relentless pass rushes of the SEC with these incredible speed guys coming off the edge. It's just not a really good fit. And you know, as um, as Corey Long said yesterday, it's it, until he gets what's the kid's name Lagway from um, from uh, Texas, uh, the, the top overall quarterback recruit. Uh, you know the clock shouldn't really start on Billy Napier. So yeah, it's going to be a rough. It's going to be you know I don't think the offense is going to be you know that that dynamic. But we but we shall see. Let, let's go to the expert, shall we? Let's bring in Scott Carter, who's uh, showing up on our screen. There he is. Oh, look at very dapper. Got a little salt and pepper going there. I like it. What's up, Scotty? How are you? 
And we can't hear him. And we can't hear him. Oh, my, my stream issues. Are you on mute? My stream issues today. Is he on mute? Uh, no, no, maybe not. No. Here, Scott, I, I think you could probably hear me. Just exit and, re- and uh, return here real quick, if you can. He, he can hear you, but can't hear me. This is, oh, this is great. This it's is te- great I love be. it. I love it when technology doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, everybody's focused on the quarterback battle. But there's, you know, as we've kind of said with Florida, you've got so many young players. And I think Napier is, is kind of, he knows that it, the future is not right now. I mean, well, the future is now in terms of these guys playing. Uh, Scott, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I can, he can hear me, but we can't hear him. That is the uh, that is the issue. Um, I'll let Nick work on this a little bit. See if we can get it get it working. Check one two. Try to oh, oh, pop popped out again. We'll pop him back in. We'll keep we'll keep trying. I promise here. At, at sooner soon it will work. Soon soon it will pop. Um, yeah, and they start uh, against Utah, a trip to Utah, which is ranked 14th, I believe, in the preseason poll. A team they beat last year, really, I thought one of their, their better games, bigger wins of the year last year, the first uh, first game of the season. A uh, huge win for, for Billy Napier. Anthony Richardson, you know, played played really, really well. Uh, by the way, there's a, there's another sub that everybody's talking about. It's like, why is Anthony Richardson going to be the fourth overall pick and start week one in the NFL, which – he may start. The reports are he's played very well. But, of course, you think there's going to be reports out of, uh, of Indianapolis that he's sucking it up, that he's, that he's terrible? But no, I, I hate training camp, training camp fodder and all these young quarterbacks is so funny to me because we're tracking, like, every throw these guys make, and, like, they'll, th- they'll rip one over the middle of the field, and they're like, I saw this yesterday with, like, C.J. Stroud, for example. He's, like, ripping all over practice. They're like, C.J. Stroud's going to be fantastic. This is a great example of this because of this throw in a one-on-one drill – where the receiver has like five seconds to make a move on the cornerback or something before he finally gets open. It's like, that's not right. realistic. That's yeah. not happening. I don't care how great the throw is. That's not happening in real life. So I take, I take so much of the stories you come out of training camp, I take with a grain of salt. I truly do. Yeah, and that's why, you know, the Buccaneers camp is, is very much the same way. I mean, you know, you look good. The defense isn't playing well. You look, you know, offense looks bad. The defense is playing. You just don't know. You're playing against yourself. That's why Friday's game against the Steelers will be very eye-opening, I think, for the quarterbacks and the offense, um, even though the offenses will be, you know, our defenses will be pretty bland. All right, we'll try one more time. Scott Carter, can we hear you? We can't hear him. We, can't, we still can't hear him. All right. We can, uh, we'll take, we can take a break, and I can call on the phone. If yeah, that let's would work do that. Right? We'll take a break, and we'll call him on the phone. We'll go old-school technology. We've seen your handsome face, so we know what you look like. We'll go old-school technology here. We'll take a break. We'll get Scott on the line. So two minutes break. Stay with us. We'll be back here on the J.P. Peterson Show. Our apologies. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain 
and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, let's try this one more time as we welcome in Scott Carter on our Gator Report, brought to you by the G's Law Group. What's up, Scott? How are you? What's up, fellas? Yeah, we'll just yeah. have to do it old school today, man. <laughs> That's all good, man. Thank you, for your, thank you for your patience, my friend. Uh, let's jump right into it. Let's get your early impressions. What are we, seven Eight days practices into camp now. Um, what the year two of Billy Napier? What are your overall um, observations here? Well, you know, I'm always one of those people like I like to see a scrimmage first, since I'm going to get that opportunity this afternoon. They they have a scrimmage at the swamp inside the stadium uh, this afternoon. It's their first one of camp, and you know uh, what I've seen so far, guys, is a just a very very young team, the youngest. I can remember at Florida since I've certainly been around. I think you, you would have to go back many years to find a team. You know, they they got a first-year players roster and a supplement to go with the regular roster. And I think there's wow. 48 guys who are on that first-year player list who were not here last year. So that's almost a, a full NFL active roster right there. Wow. Uh, so, you know, you got a lot of turnover. Uh, you've got a new quarterback in Graham Mertz. Uh, just a lot of young players uh, vying for competition. And it, it's kind of one of those camps, guys, that it, it's always intriguing to me when you really don't know what you're going to see this year from this team. I mean, I'm kind of being safe side. I, I'm looking at 6-6. Six and six. To me, that's a reasonable expectation. Uh, but, you know, I've seen them pick to win three. I've seen them to pick to win as many as nine. So that's just Whoa. the kind of team this year is for the Gators and, uh, I think they're all gonna they're gonna keep us uh, guessing a lot. Well, for me, it starts and ends in college football. Well, not ends, but it's a bit, it, it, on the offensive line. And we we've actually seen this from a, a, a numeric metric. The more offensive line starts you have, uh, in historically going into a season, the better your team is, and it's it's a pretty dramatic number. So it, that's that's kind of been. Where, where almost the Florida State and Florida has been when they're good, their offensive line is good. When they're bad, their offensive line is bad. Where's Florida on that on that track? Well, they've got some experience. The the most uh, senior veteran on the on the front is the center Kingsley Aguilcon, and he's a veteran. Uh, you know, Austin Barber is going to be a left tackle. He's been around. Richie Leonard, who's been a swing guy throughout his career on the interior line, he's back. 
Here's some new uh, a new guy on the right tackle spot, Damian George, a transfer from Alabama. So it's kind of a mixture there. You, it's not. It's certainly not Florida's most experienced line uh, they've had in recent years, but it's also you know does have some experience. So it's kind of middle of the road there. And you know if, the, if your analytics that you mentioned, JP, I mean that that makes very much sense. I mean I've seen that happen here at Florida. You know if they have veterans up there it's a better team and I think with this year's team it's going to be very important because I look at this being as a run first kind of offense in Billy Napier's second year because one thing that Florida does have is a quality backfield with uh, Trevor Etienne, Montreal Johnson Jr., uh, the Tulane transfer Cam Carroll. Uh, so they've got some uh, some experience back there. I think that's what they're going to build around. And then of course we all know it's going to the, the eye is going to be on um, Graham Mertz, at quarterback. What does this guy, what can he do to kind of change the fortunes of this Florida football program? Is he a uh, temporary solution, or can he surprise us and, you know, do something that maybe we don't see right now? Uh, and when you look at who Graham Mertz is going to be throwing the ball to, uh, we obviously all know who you know Ricky Pierce all pretty well. But outside of him, it seems like maybe some unknowns there, uh, maybe some guys are not familiar with. How is that room sort of shaking out so far, and what can we expect from the other guys? Yeah, it's a really young room, uh, guys. I mean, you know, they did lose uh, Xavier Henderson. He decided to transfer to Cincinnati and rejoin Emory Jones up there for one more ride together. Uh, so they brought three freshmen in who, uh, two of them were here in the spring, Andy Jean, and, um, the one that really I like from watching him in camp so far, he just got here, the kid from, uh, Tampa, actually, uh, Eugene yeah, Wilson, Wilson. III. Yeah, Trey, they call him. Uh, he, you can tell he's an athletic player, a guy that I think is going to be a nice little piece for them in the slot. Uh, and then the, the other kid they had here earlier this year is Aiden Mizell from Orlando area. Uh, so they, they've got some young uh, injection of talent at that position. Uh, Pierce Paul is the veteran guy. Uh, they're looking at him to kind of, uh, you know, lead the way. And they've got, uh, you know, Kayla Douglas back, who uh, surprised some people last year. Ty Bowman, who, uh, you know, again, kind of came out of nowhere last year and, you know, had a decent season. But I, I think that group as a whole, for them to really help out the offense, I think those those three young guys I mentioned, at least a couple of those guys are going to have to contribute significantly in year one uh, to take some of that load off the running game because, you know, as good as I think those backs are, I mean, you've got to be able to mix it up. Yeah. Eugene Wilson the third. If your first name is Eugene, go with Trey. <laughs> go with Trey Wilson. Yeah. I think that I, <laughs> no one wants to be called Eugene. What are we doing here? Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, that's, that's got to be a third. Back. Yeah. Uh, Scott Carter joining us from FloridaGators.com. All right, let's move over to the defensive side. Um, and you got some big guys up front. I know that. Big number 21. What's he weighing now? Where, where's he at? I think he checked in. Let me see here. I don't want to get this wrong because everybody's – what do you check in? On June on June, or, uh, June or 23rd, Desmond weighed 439. Oh, now, 439. that slimmed down. Yeah, that, that fluctuates. So he may be down to 425 now, but if he has a good dinner tonight, fellas, he might be back <laughs> up to 440 tomorrow. So, you we know, make he, jokes, he's but a, this dude can play. Man, he's a mountain. You know, he for, is a mountain. Yeah. For as big as he is, I mean, I think he's the the heaviest 
player in college football. Uh, you know, he runs anywhere from normally 425 to 450. But for him to be able to move like he does is, is kind of amazing. And you wonder if he were to really be able to, you know, chisel that down to 395 or something, you know, how much oh. that would help him uh, to be. And I know that maybe is the goal long term, but they're going to take what they can get from him at this point because, I mean, he's a, an important part of that puzzle up front. It's a defensive line that Florida has kind of uh, struggled there with depth in recent years. They yeah. bolted up there uh, with some newcomers. They've got some young uh, players returning, like Tyreek Sapp is a guy that I've liked watching. I wrote about Chris McClellan a couple of days ago. He's another guy to keep your eye on up there. Uh, and then, of course, like you said, Desmond Watson, we can't miss him. But it's I, I do think that, you know, they lost Jervon Dexter to the NFL. He was the second-round pick of the Bears. Uh, I thought Jervon, you know, a stability factor last year, but he needed some help. I think this group overall will be better uh, long-term than they were the last couple of years. And when you look at it, just in general, too, like expectations, I think a lot of the Florida fan base, you almost have to talk a, a portion of it off the ledge a little bit because they wonder, everybody wants you know, the instant results, right? And Florida's a big-time yep. program, and you've heard Napier talk about you know, it's been 15 years since you know, winning an SEC championship and all those things. What do you think are realistic expectations in year two, and, and do they need to be tempered a little bit until you see some of these great recruiting classes get in here? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think we're at a point in the program's history here, recent history, where most fans, uh, there is a little bit of a temperament of uh, expectations, more so than usual, I sense, this year, because, that's kind of been the message that Napier has sent. Look, we're headed in the right direction, but we had to start over in a lot of ways. And, you know, when you turn your roster over as much as they did since last year, I mean, it is really, when I'm out there, I'm still carrying my roster around because I don't recognize all these guys. So <laughs> it's, it's that kind of team. And um, I just think that, as I said earlier, I'm looking at six and six. This is a building year. Last year to me was, kind of a reshaping of the program internally, you know, new coach, new facility, really a new way of operating, kind of modernize the program, which Napier, I think, was a good guy to bring in. He's young enough to realize how the game is changing through the transfer portal and through NIL, and he's accepted those and embraced those different uh, concepts. And But now it's time to, you know, okay, let's see what we can put out on the field. I do think the product's going to be better this year. I think there's going to be more overall talent, but I'm not expecting a huge jump. You know, they're not going to win 11 games and win the SEC. It's just, I just I think that would be a miracle in my eyes. So I just think a, a good season would be, you know, seven, eight wins. I think that'd be an excellent season. Uh, so we'll see how, we'll see where I am at the end of the year. But I think there is a, uh, you know, the, I think their expectations have been dialed down somewhat for Gator fans compared to normal. All right, Scott, uh, my last question is to recruiting. Um, we're not going to talk about realignment because uh, Nick won't let me. Um, DJ Lagway, uh, the number 12 overall prospect, uh, is the quarterback coming in next year. I guess he's still signed and ready. I guess the bidding wars are going on right now, right, uh, for NIL money. But it's expected yeah. that he'll get to to um, to Florida. Is that really the future of this program right now is – as our good friend Corey Long yesterday told us, um, Napier's clock starts when Lagway gets on on campus because that's the future of this program. Is that 
is that fair to say? I know that's it's it's that's disrespectful to the guys that are there, but is that realistic to talk about? Yeah, I think that's how this thing's shaping up where it is right now. Uh, you know, you, they had to have a bridge year between obviously Anthony Richardson leaving early yeah. and Lagway being the the guy coming in. So Graham Mertz is that guy. I mean, you know, technically if Mertz had a great year and they surprised him, mean, he he could come back next year too. But I think G.J. Lagway is the guy that, you know, Billy Napier identified early. And, I mean, he's, it, it, he was a, he's been at practice some the, the first couple weeks of camp. He's actively recruiting other guys. It almost feels like he's already part of the team in some ways. So that's just another unique element of college football in 2023. Wow. Here's a guy who's not even a member of the team or signed yet, but he's hanging around practice trying to recruit uh, uh, players and had a receiver here with him who's the number one recruit in the country. Uh, it was just different. Man. Oh my, wow. That's a wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is these days. It's not just here. It's, it's, it's the, the college football as we know it now. And, uh, I mean, he's very visible on social media. Uh, it, he's, it's, it's unusual, but at the same time, that's a new, new age. And I think when you, bring a guy into that prominent of a role before he's even on campus with your program. I mean, I think that says it all right there. Wow. <laughs> that is eye-opening. That's crazy stuff. Scott Carter, FloridaGators.com. Uh, Gator Scott uh, on on uh, the X machine, right? Is that uh, your, your X handle now? Right. We have to call it X? I do my Xing, so, you know. Yeah, that's what you Gator do your Scott, X. <laughs> I don't think your employers will like that when you're acting yeah. on the job. <laughs> all right my friend great stuff as always we look forward to hearing from you all year long thanks so much man appreciate it uh, how are you doing guys uh scott carter there from floridagators.com brought to you by the jeeves law group j-e-e-v-e-s law group.com the biggest gator fan we know scott jeeves he'll join us uh next week in studio so we'll have all of them on for our gator report so we'll look forward to that um all right uh, quick break let me come back patrick burnham from the osceola rivals network will join us he is on site at the Florida State practice in Jacksonville, so we'll get an update from him on the field stuff with Florida State, with Jordan Travis, and the rest of the boys. So stay with us. Quick break here. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service 
and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is Fan Stream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com, and uh, the Italiano Insurance, bringing you our Florida State report. The great folks at Italiano, Jeff Italiano and Nat, big FSU fans. Nat used to play for the Seminoles back in the day, so give them a call at 813-877-7799. All right, let's head out live to Florida State's uh, f- practice out in Jacksonville. They've headed over to Jacksonville uh, to do a little uh, outside work here. And our good friend Pat Burnham from the Osceola, the Rivals Network, joins us here live from practice. What's up, my friend? How are you? Well, it's going well, JP. It is a very hot day in Jacksonville. It's no cooler in Jacksonville than in Tallahassee as they're getting ready to go to their second break of the day. I'm watching uh, – most of the team go into a cold storage facility, yeah. uh, uh, and I wish I could follow them. <laughs> uh, anyway, listen, the cool it's, house. It's their first day in full. It's their first day in full pads. And Mike Norvell said yesterday, before they left Tallahassee, that he wanted it to be as hot and as humid as it could be uh, for their first full padded practice. And uh, he certainly got his wish today because it is a scorcher. But uh, they're about two thirds of the way through their first full padded practice of the 2023 camp. Now, are they uh, are they practicing over near the uh, the old Gator Bowl? Where what what facility are they using? Uh they are at the University of North Florida. Okay, all right. So, yeah, one of the so, hottest yeah. days of my life. I don't know if you were there. You might. I, I, I forget how old you are now. Uh, was nineteen eighty nine opener in Jacksonville? I was FSU there, yeah. versus Brett Favre. Southern Miss. Oh my God! They were like they had like two hundred people fall out in the stands. Uh, it was that was one of the hottest days, and of course, Brett Favre was pretty hot that day himself, and he beat FSU. Yeah, I, I do remember that day, and it was hot. And it, this uh, day is uh, just about like that, with the absence of Brett Favre. 
Yes, thank you. All right, so let's get into it. Um, your your thoughts on camp? What seven practices in now? Uh, what what has stood out to you? Well, listen, I think it's the deepest team that Mike Norvell's had across the board. Now, obviously, they feel really good about their offense. It's, it should be a very high octane offense with Jordan Travis at the controls. He has looked really sharp through the first seven days, and of course, he has no shortage of weapons. They've added Keon Coleman and Des Hill and. Kyle Morlock and uh, you know listen Keon Coleman been very very impressive in camp but you know he's a taller guy about 6'4 and you know you always we always put those guys in the category right they're straight line runners they they're, they're the go route guys stretch the defense but he's a guy that's uh, got some good lateral movement they've worked them at uh, returning punts and uh, he's a guy that can make wow. it some people miss after he's got the ball uh, and then, of course, you know, Kyle Morlock is, uh, and Jaheim Bell both look good in camp. And, you know, really, uh, this offense, the, to me, the interesting battle is going to be an offensive tackle where you've got Robert Scott, Jeremiah Byers, and Bless Harris competing for the starting left and right tackle positions. I think that's going to be a, a battle that goes on through camp. It's very competitive. Uh, Robert Scott, Scott has, of course, played a lot of football for Florida State. Then you've got Jeremiah Byers, who, Despite have not having played Florida State, he's on the, he's on the Outland Trophy watch list. Obviously, an all uh, conference performer at UTEP for a couple of years, and then you got Bless Harris, who's another guy that transferred in from Lamar a year ago and got hurt in opening yeah. against LSU. But uh, listen, th- that battle is going to be very interesting, I think, for the offensive side of the ball. And then defensively, you know, uh, you know the Daryl Jackson thing was uh, very disappointing when the NCAA yeah. denied his waiver. Uh, obviously, last night, Marco Rubio, the senator from the state of Florida, put out a message that the NCAA needs to reinvestigate that, uh, reopen that file, and uh, you know take that family hardship into consideration a little bit more. Uh, yeah. But certainly, uh, Braden Fist, the All-Mac uh, transfer defensive tackle, you know we did get a chance to see him in the spring JP, and he is uh, about. Uh, he is a defensive tackle version of Jared Verse, meaning you don't know how the transition is going to go from group of five to power five, and this kid is explosive, fast, quick. He's going to be a problem at defensive tackle for people. And then, of course, you know, you've got uh, Verse on the outside of him and mm-hmm. uh, Josh Farmer and Fabian Lovett and Patrick Payton. Uh, the defensive front uh, is going to be good, even if Jackson is not going to be a part of the active roster this fall. Uh, if there was some way they could get the NCAA to turn it, uh, then you put a guy that's a potential first or second round draft pick on your defensive line. Uh, wow. They they could be unstoppable because this kid this kid is phenomenal. I mean, Daryl Jackson is a he legitimately is a first two or three rounds uh, future draft pick in the NFL. And then of course, you know the corners look good. Uh, Fentrell Cypress is not disappointed. The transfer from Virginia. Uh, some of the freshmen have been fun to watch, uh, particularly in the defensive backfield, uh, where you've got uh, Edwin Joseph and Conrad Hussey. Now, uh, obviously, they're going to have to play some young guys back there deep yeah. in the secondary. you got Ashland Barker, a redshirt freshman, coming in, competing, Ken, uh, Kentron Kirkland. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think they they feel pretty good about their first unit on defense. I do think they would they got to have some guys that uh, build some confidence. Uh, your second-team linebacker group, whoever those turn out to be, whether well, it's Omar Graham and DJ Lundy, if they're going through a two-linebacker set, a 4-2-5, uh, although you know, we're going to see them in a 4-2 and 4-3 a little bit. But yeah, I think they've still got some uh, work to do at linebacker from a depth perspective and at safety from a depth yeah. perspective. But uh, certainly Mike Norvell's most talented team. And listen, they are a confident group without being cocky, JP. They seem self-assured. Uh, you know, I'll stress the same thing with you. I stressed with you guys last year 
uh, these guys like to compete against each other, and they like to help each other. It's a tight team. That's great. You mentioned, That's great. You mentioned you, a uh, – or no, go ahead, JP, if you want. Yeah, I just want to follow up on the Daryl Jackson thing because, for those of you who don't know, um, tell us a little bit about his hardship. And then there's another factor. I, I don't know if I should mention this because I don't know a lot about it, but it's been on Twitter that uh, former FSU AD Stan Wilcox, who left in disgrace and may have some vengeance out for FSU, is the, the part of the NCAA division that is, is dealing out this punishment, which seems like a horrific con- conflict of interest to me. So how does that all work into it? Well, all right. So Daryl signed with – let's take you through the Daryl Jackson story. He signed out of Quincy, uh, Florida. Uh, he played for Corey Fuller, who's now on staff at Florida State, or uh, former Florida State defensive back. He signed with Maryland out of high school. Transferred to Miami, became immediately eligible last year, and was their best defensive tackle. And is, he has a family member who is sick, and I don't want to – I think I know who it is, but I don't want to guess. All right, But he's got a family member, my right. understanding, that is sick, and that situation has not improved. So he determined that he wanted to be closer to his family, which is obviously eight, down, eight miles down the road from campus. Uh, my belief is that they – Felt, I would think, having worked at two uh, major uh, college programs, that they felt pretty good about the fact that they felt they could get that waiver passed when they decided to accept him as a transfer. Uh, right. What happened in the interim, no one's real sure. I know anecdotally, I can think of at least two times when I was at USF uh, that we got guys eligible that were transferring <laughs> and under yes. maybe not such uh, – such, uh, Black and white uh, circumstances is what it seems um, this situation is. But, yeah, I don't know. You know listen, does that, does that get to Stan Wilcox's desk? I don't know. Um, but, obviously, I know there's a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of talk of that. Uh, you would hate yeah. to think that that would carry over and that, uh, you know, I, I would think that he would put the young man in front of whatever personal convictions he has against Florida State. But, uh, you don't ever know. Politics are a part of everything. But, uh, you know, like I said, it sounds like they're not willing to let go uh, of this. And uh, I don't know what the next step would be besides hiring a lawyer to an NCAA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But certainly uh, Marco Rubio has called for it. And uh, listen, uh, but again, you know, uh, it's it's you it, that defensive line with him was going to be really, really, really good. Uh, uh, and it's going to be still should be pretty good without him. But uh, he right. is a guy that's got a lot of NFL ability, type ability, size, the way he moves, explosiveness, all that. So it is a hit for the Florida State defense. Uh, but listen, uh, you know, they've got depth. That's the one, one that, you know, they got depth at uh, those two inside tackle positions. So hopefully it won't affect them too much if that decision stays the same that it is today. Uh, and you mentioned a lot of, on your first answer there, a lot of the big players for this team and very talent all over the place. I'm curious uh, of Winston Wright, who I remember we talked to you last year, and, and I believe uh, even over Johnny Wilson, he was thought of the higher you know transfer wide receiver that they brought in, unfortunately had the car accident. Coming back yeah. from major uh, leg surgery, how has he looked out there so far, and, and is he a factor here, you think, in this wide receiver uh, depth chart? Yeah, listen, I think they're going to be deep at wide receiver, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, listen, the, everybody had high expectations for Winston coming in because uh, out of those two kids, when they arrived at Florida State, Winston was had the most, the more proven track record. He's been really, really productive. They got 100 catches over two seasons and about 1,500 yards, uh, somewhere around that. You can look it up, but that, that's about right. Uh, and then, you know, so when he came in, and obviously he's, they're two different type of players. 
Uh, you know, Winston's more of a smaller guy, about 5'10", 5'11", and uh, plays the slot. He can play on the outside. But, uh, yeah, listen, he looks like he's kind of got rid of he, – he had a kind of a hitch in his giddy-up in the spring. Um, mm. You don't see as much of that. Mike mentioned the fact in his post-practice uh, uh, press conference two days ago that he thought Winston was looking better and better, and he has gotten more active, and he does look to be a little bit more smoother in his stride like he's not uh, – uh, like the injuries affected him less than it has uh, previous to this, uh, going back to the spring and a- April. Pat Burnham of the Osceola Rivals Network joining us here at FSU practice. Um, let's take a look at the running back room. Uh, obviously, Treshawn Ward is off to uh, Kansas State, I believe, but still loaded with Trey Benson, who looks great, by the way. Um, I know he's lost some weight, leaned up. Um, Lauren, uh, Lawrence Tolafili, of course, our St. Pete guy, Largo guy. Uh, yep. and, and there's some young kids in there as well. Take me through the running back room. What do you see? Well, I mean, you, you've, you know, the two, the other, the first two you mentioned uh, are proven. They've done it at Florida yeah. State. Uh, and then you've got Rodney Hill, who was one of the stories of spring, and yeah. Keziah Holmes, who has looked really, really good so far in camp, uh, at least in the sh- um, Shell's practices. He had a, a several nice runs and team drills uh, yesterday. Uh, at Florida State before they came over here. So, uh, you know, you can make the argument that Florida State has got four quality running backs in that backfield. And, of course, that doesn't count C.J. Campbell, uh, who came to Florida State as a walk-on from Panama City, and he, he's been impressive in his own right. And we were talking the other day as a staff, talking about, well, listen, when you're talking about Rodney Hill and Keziah Holmes being listed as either the third or fourth team, and we don't really talk depth chart, one of the things Mike does not like us to talk about, but it, you know, obviously they could finish one to four to cover my bases, but right. when Keziah Holmes or Rodney Hill is that deep on, on your depth chart, you're pretty good because uh, Rodney Hill it looks like a guy, at least based off what we saw in spring, that is going to break out and have a really strong season at some point. Listen, uh, I said Florida State's got a great problem on offense. How do you get all these guys the ball, right? Right. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, they've got guys at every position. I mean. You know, everybody talks about Jaheim Bell and Kyle Morlock, but Mark Easton Douglas, uh, the big kid that tied in, has had a tremendous camp, and he made one of the best catches in all of camp. Uh, and I, I, I wish I could explain it to you, but when you see a 280-pound uh, man running down the field, turn, come off one leg, go up in the air, and turn his back, I mean, he's got great body. He made a great one-handed catch. I, wow. wish, I, I wish I could explain it, but anyway. You know, listen, so they, it's, uh, it's an embarrassment, it's almost an embarrassment of riches from an offensive skill standpoint. And, you know, Mike Norvell, in my opinion, the, uh, will have a, a great opportunity to create a lot of mismatches because of that. Uh, he already does a lot with misdirection. And, you know, the, the, you know JP, as you, you being a former quarterback, you know, we got in a long time where there was an area of specialization in football, right? Uh, but yeah. Mike Norvell can put 11 personnel, JP, and put them in some, you know, let's say Jaheim Bell's in as a tight end. Well, Jaheim right. Bell can play running back and tight end and receiver. So if a defensive coordinator comes in and says, well, they're an 11 personnel, well, if Jaheim Bell's in the game at the, as, the, as the one for the tight end, right. you, could end up, you could end up in 20. You could end up in doubles uh, yeah. where he's not he's, – and listen, I just think that with some of the talent they have and – you know, we were watching something the other day where you had three receivers to one side and you had uh, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman lined up on the same side. I mean, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, 
that creates some opportunities on the backside of that. You know, yes. For, uh, yeah. So anyway, Maybe for a two hundred eighty pound tight end to catch a yeah, football yeah. up against yeah, the one hundred thirty yeah. pound corner. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch them all on offense. I really do think it's gonna be. I think the wow. you know I think they've got a chance to light it up against most folks. And you know, of course, uh, we're gonna find out a lot about Florida State. The first ball game, you know, you get That's LSU, right. who uh, much like Florida State, is probably gonna be a better football team than they were a year ago. Yeah. Particularly uh, being that it's gonna be their second year under Brian Kelly, and obviously he having Jaden Daniels back at quarterback. So. Um, although uh, they did have to bring in a lot of transfers at defensive value. But listen, I think this is about as exciting as I can remember a lot of the fan base being since I moved back into Tallahassee around 2014. And uh, it's going it's to be a fun football team to watch, and uh, they've been fun to watch practice. They, uh, they get after it, uh, and uh, they, they like to compete against each other, but they like to help each other. You will see offensive and defensive linemen just watching, uh, giving each other tips on how to defeat a certain technique. Uh, and so it's been a fun camp to watch so far. And I was just coming to the uh, the schedule part there, and you mentioned the LSU, and then I believe three weeks later they got to play Clemson at Clemson. So that's going to be tough. They get the two toughest games in the first four weeks. Uh, with that being said, I mean, let's just go through like a scenario here because you know there's a lot of hype around this program. Could they compete for a national championship and all that? Given all that hype, if they go out there and let's just say they lost to LSU and they lost to Clemson and they finished ten and two, does that almost feel underwhelming in a sense, which almost feels weird for a program that was where it was just two years ago? Yes. Well, I, I think that I think you're speaking to the expectations that the fan base has, and I think yeah, listen, ten and two. Uh, if, if that's underwhelming, then uh, we really need to sit back and uh, adjust our expectations for college football because listen, it's a uh, it's a competitive sport. That Florida State's going to face some good teams, not just Clemson and LSU. Uh, there's going to, you know, I think everybody's discounting Florida to a point that it just, uh, it really, I, I don't think you should do that. But uh, anyway, yeah, listen, ten and two. There's never been a two-loss team getting the college football playoffs. So as long as it's been four teams, I believe that is correct. You can go back and yeah. check my math. Uh, but listen, here's the thing. Uh, from an ACC standpoint, you could lose the Clemson in week four and beat them in a championship game. If exactly. you if you finish second, and you, I'm assuming in your scenario, you would have Florida State finishing right. second in, in that scenario. Well, if that's the case, they could play them again in the championship, and then it's a matter of are they, the, you know, we, we know at least one SEC team's going, one Big Ten team's going, probably two from one of those two conferences, so there's one spot, right? So right. Uh, is a, in your, in your scenario, is an 11-2 and two, Florida State team better than a 11 and two USC team or Texas yeah. or Oklahoma, you know. So I think that's you know it's got, it's not. We, I think we know that the three seats that the college football table already taken right most of the time. Right. So, but yeah, listen, uh, I, listen. I, I think uh, I think that I think everyone should be happy anytime your your program has ten wins. But listen, I think here's the other thing. I'll tell somebody, but we talk about the expectations that we have for the, the fans have for this team, the media has for this team. But uh, listen, here's the thing: I think this team still has some things it wants to prove. Right? They haven't won a Jordan Travis and Jared versus legacy, and all these seniors that are getting ready to go out changes significantly if they can get to the ACC championship game and then win it, even more so. So I listen. I think that uh, I think I think the I don't think they feel outside pressure because. I think they want to go above and beyond what they did this past season, and which is getting to the ACC championship game. And obviously, the goal is to win it. So, you know, I think uh, 
I, I think maybe to some extent our expectations are kind of uh, lost, you know, kind of washed out because I think they've got some expectations of themselves. Hey, uh, Pat, uh, obviously you also do a lot of work on recruiting. Um, you guys do great work there at the Osceola Rivals Network on all recruiting. Uh, K.J. Bolden was a, was a big, big commitment they got over the weekend. It seems to have really reverberated through college football to say, okay, you know, it's confirmed Florida State is back in the elite-level recruiting business. What did that commitment mean? I mean, in the days of NIL, that basically just means the bidding war starts, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> how solid is that commitment? How important is that commitment? And catch us up on where FSU is in, in recruiting for 2024. Well, I think it, spe- I think it spe- uh, speaks volumes to how far they've come. The, the type of athlete that we've seen in, uh, at camps, JP, this summer, has, and yeah. since he's gotten here, gradually has gotten better. Uh, listen, uh, we always say when you're when we talk about recruiting, don't listen to what a kid says, watch what he does. And K.J. Bolden was on campus multiple times this fall, uh, this uh, spring, uh, from starting in January and through spring practice, and he was in ca- on campus this summer, I believe, so... When you, you know, he, and here's the other thing, he committed to Florida State without taking an official visit. He had visited Georgia and I believe Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, yeah, so I, listen, he is a legit star in this recruiting class. You watch his film, he is the real deal. He's long, he's athletic, he can run, he closes fast, he's physical. Listen, he's got great ball skills. Go watch his highlight tapes as a wide receiver. He's a phenomenal athlete. But yeah, certainly you beat Georgia all now several prospects. Right. Uh, the defending national champion, to your point, now you you got to hold him, right? you got to hold him. December 21st is a long time away. I think that uh, you know, Florida State's got to have to back some of this up on the field, right? I mean, if you were to have an underwhelming season, whatever underwhelming these kids, these prospects would think that would be, but you got to get them to the finish line. But they are leading the race. They've got a commitment from K.J. Bolden. Now, there's there's effects everywhere. Uh, you know, he committed, and then Rodarius uh, – Rodarius Morgan uh, decommitted yesterday and committed to Alabama. So uh, was that an Alabama just came, finally came through with an offer, or he didn't want to compete against K.J. Bolden? Who knows? But, uh, you know, obviously uh, we're, uh, every action has a reaction, right? But, uh, listen, uh, K.J. Bolden was a big get, no doubt. Uh, they, uh, when you go head-to-head against the national def- two-time defending national champion, and beat them on a prospect you know without a doubt they wanted, that's a big deal. Uh, and it shows just how far this program has come in the four years, not even four years Mike Novell has been here. Right, absolutely. All right, uh, last question, uh, realignment. What are you hearing? Um, I'm hearing FSU is out. They'll make an announcement here in the next couple of days before the August uh, 15th deadline. And my guess is the Big Ten, just by following the money, um, what what are you thinking? Well, listen, I've heard everything. I've heard in the last four days, I've heard that there could be something that was going to be said or announced by the end of this week. Obviously, you mentioned the 15th. Then I talked to somebody today who I trust and uh, has, has a great uh, resource when it comes to Florida State Athletics, and he doesn't think right now they're going anywhere. Now, here's the thing, you know, is the big – is. If they get, if the Big Ten's at eighteen right now, right? I mean, with right. the additions of Oregon and Washington, so are they willing to go to twenty? I think there's some politics and who the travel partner would be. Is it going to be Clemson? Is it going to be North Carolina? Is it going to be Virginia? Uh, I think everybody's always assumed Florida State and Clemson are a duo, but 
you know, North Carolina's got a great basketball program that the Big Ten would love to have. And, uh, you know, they've got an entire state where the marketing for either SEC or the Big Ten, that uh, they they only have a small portion of that in South Carolina where you already are, if you're, especially if you're SEC. But, listen, I, I, think that, I think that everybody thinks they know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm, listen, uh, last week there was a day of practice, JP, where I went to practice. And there were still four Power Five conferences. That's right. When I, yeah, when, I got back, when I got back from practice, the Pac-12 was no longer <laughs> existent. So, uh, listen, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, that grand, listen, here's here's I had this discussion this morning. Arrived to practice. All right, there's some very smart people at Florida State, some very smart people at Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia, and so on. And no one has been able to figure out a, a way out of that G-O-R. So I don't know. Listen, I wish I, got, I had a better answer for you. Uh, I would not be shocked if something happened tomorrow. I would not be shocked if nothing was said on August 15th, if nothing happened tomorrow. I, I've got people that I trust that see it, see it both ways, right? right. Uh, and uh, I do think right now it's turning into kind of uh, every man for himself. I think that started with Colorado, uh, who sure. decided to bail without a partner, then Arizona was going to bail without a partner, and uh, Arizona State would not have bailed from the Pac-12 if they thought it was going to stick together at all. So uh, I think at some point uh, you can't be worried about what other schools are going to do. Uh, you've right. got to take care of exactly. yourself. But there, are, I think I think the dance card is getting full, particularly in the Big Ten, who That's I cannot right. see going over uh, uh, 20 teams. But I will say this. Listen, I've got a – I've got a source who talked to a Power 5 AD, and he, that Power 5 AD, who is at a big-name brand school, believes that this thing is going to three conferences of 20 teams. Yeah, so I agree. take that for what it's worth. And, uh, I agree. So anyway, uh, football's changing by the minute, JP. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure out what it is by the end of practice. Uh, Pat Barnum, yeah, you can find him out on the X machine at Osceola Pat, uh, and, of course, at the uh, floridastate.n.rivals.com. Dot com is the uh, is the website. Great stuff on Florida yeah. State. Did I get yeah. that right, guys? Yeah, FloridaState.Rivals.com, or you can go to theosceola.com. Either one will get you there. FloridaState.Rivals.com or theosceola.com, and uh, we got daily practice reports. We got recruiting updates. Uh, got the premium recruiting board where Fish and I interact with uh, our subscribers, and that is a premium service, but certainly have some free content. We'd love for you to check us out. Uh, we are going to start a promotion here in the next couple of days, but uh, I think it's uh, full of value at its full price. Damn right. <laughs> but, yeah, man, uh, we, uh, JP, look forward to talking with you all every week as we get into football season, and uh, I do think it's going to be a fun uh, season for your, the Florida State football fans that listen to your show, and uh, I look man. forward to uh, going through the season with you guys going to be super fun thank you pat appreciate it uh go go in a cool room or something go cool off all right <laughs> i'll do it man pat, all right thank you that burnham of the osceola.com just go right there you can find all the good stuff and it is excellent stuff here fsu fan it is a must must have um yeah and i'm so jacked up about this season i cannot wait i cannot wait it's gonna be so much fun um and, you know and either way it goes for fsu it you feel like they're back um, the, the roster is, is there. They're stacked. They can finally compete with some of these big teams. That's all you can ask for. Right. Let the, let the chips fall where they may. You know, um, the, the downturn, which comes for every team, it seems like, every time, even Alabama, folks, there were times when Alabama sucked out loud for 20 years. Right. 
So um, it's the same for Georgia. They, they suck for 40 years, except for Herschel Walker. Yeah. And so it is what it is. I guess where I'm at, I mean, everybody's got an opinion on how they feel about certain teams in college football. I mean, you saw the AP poll, they were at number eight. And then you see Brett McMurphy, he has them all the way up at number three. And then I listened to, you know, like a Joel Klatt, who I think is like, for my money, he's the he's good as it gets in the mainstream talking college football. And I was listening to his podcast yesterday. He's got Florida State at 11, which is as low as I think I've seen them anywhere. And he's been labeled an FSU hater in the past and everything and all that. And he brought up some points and, you know, he... I think they are valid points. Like they did, you know, they you can't excuse the fact that in Brian Kelly's first game against LSU, they got a lot of help to squeak out of that game. I think we would both agree they played better than LSU and should have put it away. But it well, did, if it, Joel Klatt thinks that LSU was the better team that day, he don't know shit about football. Well, no, he didn't say because that. FSU just... dominated both both <laughs> lines of scrimmage, and it wasn't even close. No, I'm not saying he said that. They had to, they the way had the to, game ended, FSU had to mismanage their right. Way. They're, they're one yard away from taking a three-score lead with six minutes to go. Don't, right. don't give me that. I, I, I'm not being a homer when I, I was there 20 rows up. No, I, I agree. A football I agree that FSU played better, but it is what it is. They, they had some mishaps later in the game, and it was closer than it probably should have been. Then they had the losing streak, and then the winning streak they had was against, I think we've mentioned this with Corey Long as well, some yeah. backup quarterbacks in there. And listen, you, you play who you play at the end of the right. day, right? Um, but I, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm searching for her cause it's all, every time I, there's all this hype and everything, maybe it's the, maybe I'm being a little too not non-optimistic, but I'm always looking for, okay, where's the flaw? Where's well, the, the flaw? The linebacker, they're thin at inside linebacker big time. And you know, the, I think the secondary is somewhat unproven. I think it's the uh, secondary well, myself. I like yeah, secondary is unproven. I like but Bethune I, and Deloach in the middle. I'll take a secondary with the talent that they have with a quarterback that's going to have about 1.4 seconds to throw because that pass rush is going to be brutal. I think, yeah. Uh, all right, we got to take a quick break. Gary Koch is going to join us, uh, Golf Channel NBC analyst for many, many years, and now the recipient of the Payne Stewart Award, the most prestigious award in golf. We will uh, celebrate with him and chat with him when we come back. We're brought to you by Barry Abundant Medical Center. The Florida State Report brought to you by Italiano Insurance. Great folks out there. You saved me $1,000 on my audio auto insurance and great customer service. Charity was on the phone with me till 9.30 at night to make sure it got done. That's what they do at Italiano. Great customer service and save you money. 813-877-7799. Back with Gary Coker right after this. Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929 or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. 
Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell the JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. 
The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fans Dream Sports. Back to the J.P. Peterson Show here, uh, having a little issues connecting with Gary Cody. Hopefully we'll get him to, uh, to join us here in a little bit. And very excited to get Gary on uh, and, and and chat about this uh, Payne Stewart Award. Um, I was just reading some of the uh, the accolades of his career, just to remind me. Um, and they're incredible. Six-time winner on the PGA Tour, uh, Walker Cup um, winner, three going 3-0 and at St. Andrews. You know, I like... Love to reminisce about some of those things uh, way back in the day. Uh, great golfer and an even better philanthropist. What he's done for the first tee here, uh, over 90,000 kids here locally have participated in the, the first tee. And what that program does for kids is just outstanding. It just takes kids that you know literally have never played golf, um, mostly from low-income families, and not only teaches them the game of golf, but so many great things and life lessons and uh, education is a part of it, and they really just start to, to have a foundation in their life where maybe they did not have one, uh, and it just leads to great outcomes, great, great outcomes. And, and that's what, if you're not on this earth to help others and change lives, um, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, it should be part of your everyday life, and it certainly has been for Gary Koch, and that's why he has been uh, named uh, with the Payne Stewart Award. So we'll try to catch up with him. If not today, we'll, we'll, we'll hook it up for another time. Um, to get into some of our, 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 uh, our comments here today. Um, we haven't talked a whole lot of bucks today. They're not, they're not practicing or may just be walkthroughs today as they get ready for Friday night. Um, uh, James believes that the uh, accurate with the bucks at six and a half, um, I think it's going to be over. I think they're they're closer to an eight win team, eight nine ten win team. Um, but that's that's cutting hairs really. It really depends on health more than anything else. This team is not very deep. Uh, they they're an offensive line is it was a work in progress, and I think they got some talent up there. But we'll we'll see how it comes together. I think this offense is going to struggle early, uh, just because of lack of continuity. But we shall see. They could surprise. Yeah, and James kind of puts that here in a different comment. We were talking about the uh, the way the 2002 season kind of parallels to this one. Uh, defense held the fourth down when the new Gruden O gelled. It worked. They started 6-1. and one. Yesterday, I meant to say this 2023 D doesn't have four Hall of Famers, so early wins might be an issue. <laughs> yeah. Which I think we're all on that kind of same thinking, that they're going to struggle early. But yeah. we're hoping, keyword hoping, that when they get on, probably after Buffalo, because I think Buffalo on Thursday night in Buffalo is going to be really, really tough. That's probably oh, that's, yeah. That's yeah. I'm not expecting that one up. Yeah, I'm not expecting <laughs> that. But coming back and playing the inexperienced Texans, the Titans, then you got to play the 49ers. That's another roadblock. Uh, but yeah. Colts, Panthers, Falcons, Packers, and Saints. All winnable end. games. Those games, all I think, are all games. winnable, yeah. and hopefully they can make up some of those wins there and, and get to you know, like we said, seven, eight, or nine. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for Todd Bowles, keeping these guys engaged early on is going to be tough uh, because I think they're going to suffer. You know, the NFL's it's tough. You're going up to Minnesota, a very loud place to play. Kirk Cousins, experienced quarterback, a defense that I think had taken some steps back but now is getting healthier. 
I mean, the Vikings, they won a lot of one-score games last year. Everybody knows that stat. That won't hold, but they're still a very, very difficult team to beat up there. Um, yeah. That's, I think there's uh, Bucks are six and a half, seven point underdogs in this game. Yeah. That's which is fair. Probably where it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, if you can, if you can try to win most of the, they're not good enough, in my opinion, to win every other game I just said. They're going to have a stumble. Yeah. But if they can steal a victory, and they have four games that I've circled that are the, the games where we're absolutely not favoring them at all, and that's Minnesota, Philly, Buffalo, San Francisco, and it's actually five because Jacksonville has now put themselves in that conversation. You got five games right there against five of the better teams in the league. If you can steal one of those, yeah, that to me, and then take care of business with most of the rest, I think that's good enough. If you can yeah. steal one of those games, no, I, I agree with you. And um, you know, for me, it, it's how does Todd Bowles manage these games? How is his accountability uh, record this year? Um, I just, you know, last year was just so dysfunctional on so many levels. Um, I want to give him a clean slate and see what he can do this year. He, there's some talent here. There's no question about it. This defense, I think, can be really, really good. No, it's not 2002 defense. No, they don't have four Hall of Famers on this defense. No, but they got some really good players. I mean, if Jamel Dean goes on the open market, he's the number one corner. Okay. So you got a guy that, that is believed in NFL circles as, you know, a top flight corner. Same thing with Carlton Davis. Same thing with you got two corners that can flat out cover. And you can do a lot of different things with that. I think the safety position, I think they're they're gonna be sneaky good. I mean, Antoine Winfield is considered one of the one of the better safeties in this league and is still growing and moving back to his natural position. And Ryan Neal has just been maybe the story of camp in this offseason, what a, what a what a fine this guy is. So, you know, if Devin White comes to play and plays within himself and plays like he did at the beginning of last year where he wasn't overrunning plays. And then it's, you know, as the year went on, it seemed that, you know, he got more selfish, maybe looking at making big plays to get contract, whatever. He's got to play within himself and they got to stay healthy. Let, and, let's, let's be honest though. The, the real key to this defense and if they're going to go anywhere is the pass rush. Yeah. It absolutely. all comes down to the pass absolutely. rush, which last year was horrendous. And, I think it's fair to say, other than the right side of the offensive line, that might be your second biggest concern, if not your biggest concern, is the pass rush. I mean, Vita Vea was leading this team in sacks a year ago. Vita Vea. I don't want that from my 350-pound nose tackle. I just don't. And no, I, I, I want him to get six. You know, he had six and a half last year. Let's get that up to eight. Yeah, but you I don't know, want him to lead the team because that tells no, me everything I need to no. know about the other guys that are you know pass rush no. specialists and are out there more. But but Shaq Barrett again, giving him a pass for this season because of the Achilles injuries and and all the other stuff in the personal life. I'm not. I'm not. You're not giving I mean, him a pass. Personal life. No, I mean from the not from the Achilles. Um, and I think you know the personal stuff from what I heard from Shaq. You know, I think it's going to be that's going to I'm going to say help him. But I think football is really helping. Yes, him it could. With it that. could. I, I and, should probably I focus more. I'll focus more in. on the Achilles part of it because I'm just going off the fact that he's no. He's he not, looks good. He looks good. He looks I know. Good. He's just. It's not. He's not young anymore. And Achilles injuries, the way those things go, it's usually the year after that you return to your usual form. And what Shaq Barrett's the the big plus in his game, it's the get off. And I'm hoping that explosiveness off the ball is still going to be there. But again, as we've been saying, JTS has got to step up. If JTS yep. is the same player that he's been the last two years, it's just not good enough. As I see Tally, she just made a nice little cameo there. Yeah, she slid right in there. I saw that. Yeah. I love that. We haven't yeah. seen her in a long time. She's got a great little space here on the on the couch. Yeah, she 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 loves it. You good, girl? You good? 
You want to say hello to everybody? No, she's like, no, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that, that's what makes this season, I think, so fun. Because I really do. I mean, you can make a case for a three-win team. You can make a case for an 11-win team. Yeah, you could. I mean, you, you just don't know. And I don't think there's a lot of teams in the league like that right now, to be honest with you. So it's it's a crapshoot. Got to stay healthy. Uh, Kalijah Kansi, needs to, he needs to be a big factor. And I think that injury has put him behind. That's not good. All right, uh, we'll catch up with Gary Coke another day. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, you want to know more about NIL and how it works. Uh, Jake Norris is a local guy in St. Petersburg working with Trayshawn Ward and a couple other bigger names in college football. And in light of the Johnny Manziel uh, doc that's up on Netflix that is number one in the nation, you want to know what NIL is all about? (laughs) That was NIL before it was NIL. So we'll talk to Jake about what's going on right now in college football when we come back. Stay with us. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show as we roll through here on this very busy uh, Thursday. We talked a lot of college football. Um, and Nick, you can bring me up to speed on our guest. Is he uh, on the line? Or are we getting them in, in the stream? Yeah, we got them here on the, oh. uh, on the line. Jake Norris okay, here cool. joining us. What's up, Jake? How hey, are JP? you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? 
Good, good. So Jake Norris is an NIL agent from off, No Off-Season Sports. Um, watch some of the podcasts you've been doing. I believe you have Trayshawn Ward, former Florida State guy, local guy here, um, as one of your NIL um, guys. Tell me a little bit about your business and, and uh, how things are going. Yeah, appreciate the time today, JP. And um, once again, Jake Norris here with No Off-Season Sports. Um, we're a sports marketing agency down here in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, we originally, you know, started off with a lot of Florida State athletes. Um, I actually was a Florida State graduate, so was my wife. Um, and so we spent a lot of our time um, in our professional life uh, really working on the sports marketing and business aspects and thought that, you know, we could take uh, what we were doing in our professional careers and translate it over to what athletes are doing in the NIL space now. So um, had a lot of ties with Florida State athletes, so uh, was lucky enough to um, sign a player like Trayshawn Ward, who, you know, went on to have a great season last year and is now going to be at Kansas State tearing it up. Um, working with about 11 players at the moment um, and recently just started with um, some guys at USF as well. So really excited for what nice. we're doing in, um, in this space. Any other names we would know that you're working with now? Yeah, I was actually just listening to uh, Pat Burnham on here talk a little bit about Kyle Morlock. Um, that's one guy that I'm really excited about. Um, tight end at Florida State that just came over from Shorter University last year was a top five tight end then in the transfer portal, but um, got a lot of different guys that I'm really excited about on Florida State football. Um, Kevin Knowles, defensive back, really playing a lot of nickel last year, but he'll probably um, get a lot of looks at safety yeah. with just some of that stuff that you guys were talking about earlier in the backfield. Yep. Um, what, uh, what about the USF guys? Uh, USF, right now I'm working with um, Kendall Dennis. He's a transfer cornerback uh, from Oklahoma last year. Uh, went to Lakeland High School, kind of similar to the Trayshawn situation, local guy. Um, really excited for him. They're kind of uh, need some help in the defensive backfield for sure this year. So I think he's going to be a great fit. Really athletic, um, corner, long arm, big hands, um, can really play the game. Awesome. So, uh, Jake, tell us a little bit about the process now. So you go out, you, you build some relationships with these guys, you sign them. Um, what what do these agreements look like? I mean, this is such a wild, wild west. I don't I don't know a whole lot about the logistics of how this is working. So, kind of take us through uh, what what's going on now on campus. Yeah, I'd love to. So, I look at really the value of a player when it comes to NIL in two different aspects. The first one is their marketing value. The second one is their roster value. So, marketing value really comes down to traditional what we had expected from what the name image and likeness ruling um, came about so uh, that's really more of your social media marketing deals the appearances the autograph signing that's really more of the marketing side and players really get value from a marketing perspective generally speaking off of really could be two aspects of it one i look at um their social media following how many followers do they have on things like instagram twitter tiktok youtube you name it um, how, how do their fans engage with them on those platforms? And that's why brands really want to do those advertisements with them. Uh, those, those deals can really, a lot of times, we'll see a lot of just one-post deals. But we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of players at Florida State that have a lot of good marketing value and have been able to grow their marketing value uh, to be able to get longer-term deals, meaning that you know these can last six to eight months with multiple posts, a mix of appearances and posts, um, uh, branded content where they'll send videographers and photographers um, professionally to come out and shoot the players, you name it. But I think what people really think about, and we're talking a lot about this with things like conference realignment and coaches changing, uh, but roster value. And to me, what that really means is 
Um, what does that player mean to the roster? So if you think about Florida State, right, we got a team that just won 10, 10 games last year, talking about um, national championship and college football playoff aspirations. There's a lot of guys on that team that have a lot of roster value. You think about players like Jared Verse, Jordan Travis, Fabian Lovett, um, and a lot of these transfer guys, too, that they're bringing in. So yeah. that really comes down to what does that um, player mean to that team? And those deals are really given by entities called NIL collectives. And a collective really is just a group of alumni, boosters, fans that either want to donate or contribute funds, whether through a subscription model or through just a large donation like what you see through the booster model, um, to really pay out in contracts to players. And those collectives um, structure those deals based off of a couple of different aspects. Some of the stuff that we talked about previously with the marketing value and social media following, so on and so forth, um, but also going back to what do they mean to the team? Right? Is this a guy that we could lose? You could think about players that are eligible for the NFL draft, um, that are going to be surefire stars on the team, and they need to have them to make that national mm -hmm. championship or college football playoff run. Um, those guys have a ton of rosters. So just to kind of sum it up, there's really those two parts. Both of them have a huge impact onto a player's total valuation, but they could really you know, solely be rooted in one of the two aspects, that being marketing value and roster value. And you just mentioned the NIL collective part of that. I was going to come to that. Uh, you know, do you have to coordinate with the universities itself when if you want to represent a player, or do these guys and you have sort of free reign to kind of kind of make these deals? Man, that's a really good question, actually. And the the answer is is that it depends on what school and what state you work with. So um, to kind of break that down, you know, when NIL started, each state started its own ruling. And that was because of the Alston versus NCAA Supreme Court ruling that kind of broke this whole thing open in 2021. But each state after that ruling was able to say, hey, we want our players to be compensated. Let's start our own law. Each one of those states' laws has different um, stipulations to it. Some of them might force the school to do some sort of compliance regulations where they want to vet agents out. Um, so for schools like Florida State, I work with their compliance department to register with the school in the sense that they understand who I'm working with and what those agreements look like. I think right. that's more of a protection for the athletes to make sure that they, you know, aren't working with someone that's untrustworthy. Um, but when it comes to actual facilitations of deals, most of these state laws say that schools themselves, the officers, the employees, the coaching staff, you name it, anybody that's really affiliated with the school can't directly um, provide an NIL deal, and that's what, like a, a physical contract, and that's why these entities that are these NIL collectives have started popping up because they become representatives, very similar to what a booster structure looks like. Right. Um, they become representatives for the school to do deals with players and distribute those funds that they get that are what we call roster value for the players. So, in essence, um, you're you're having big time boosters. Uh, give two, three, four, five million dollars into these collectives, and then those collectives themselves then dole out the money. Does there have to be some type of business um, transaction? Do these players have to sign autographs? Do they have to um, do appearances on TV or uh, podcasts? Is there is there any part of that, or they just collect the money from the collective and that's cool? Yeah, I wish it was that way. I think that's what a lot of people. Um, think when they hear about NIL, but in all reality, um, there has to be what's called quid pro quo, which is just some sort of exchange of value between the two parties. So if a collective wants to offer a contract to a player, they have to be, the player has to exchange some sort of value. To, so to your point, generally that'll be structured through appearances, through autographs that the collective can then 
um, go and repurpose for different uh, ways to raise funds for the collective. Um, and then a lot of them, and this is a big topic right now um, that we're seeing a lot with the IRS putting out a memo pretty recently going out to collectives saying that they might not be able to secure the 501c3 nonprofit status, um, but charitable events has been the big one over the last two years. Um, in Tallahassee, I know for sure they've been working with um, the Boys and Girls Club um, right, and a couple right. of different schools in the area, um, but for those entities that are labeled 501c3, which probably more than half of the collectives are, charitable efforts or charitable appearances has been the main driver of the deliverables or that exchange of value so that the collectives can keep that nonprofit status so that when uh, donors go to donate to that, that they'll get some sort of tax benefit for it. All right, so we're hearing crazy numbers being thrown around. What's real? What, what, do you, what is Jared Verse getting? Uh, what, is, what is Jordan Travis making? What do you know? Oh, man. I, I got to protect uh, my business relationship here okay. a little bit. All right. I'll tell you I, I totally get that. Totally get that. No, I'll give you this. Um, when I talk to players um, and I talk to them about their value, specifically roster value, I always try to give them a perspective of, you know, what is the cap, meaning what is the salary cap for that team or what is that team raised in funds for the year for that specific sport? Um, and then what is the top player on the team getting paid? And then what is the average? So they know where they fall within that to understand, hey, am I being valued appropriately for my contributions to the team? So let me put it into perspective for you for this. I don't know the exact numbers, but um, back in, in February, a lot of uh, the collectives met. And there's actually a trade association of multiple big school collectives. I want to say like Tennessee, Georgia, Florida State, Clemson, Ohio State. There's probably eight to ten schools that are part of it. Um, but a big thing that they talked about was the sustainability of these you know, donor models where, you know, boosters and alumni are donating. Right. And right now, um, you know, where that's fallen out for these power five schools, you're seeing for power five football generally around like three to 4 million for this last year. I say the middle of the pack teams are probably going to need to raise around 5 million total for a football team. That's you got to think of the 85 scholarship players, only 44 generally speaking are going to get paid. And then you've got five or 10 guys at the top that are those outliers that are the deals that you're talking about where people are right. like, Hey, are they really getting paid that amount of money? That seems asinine. Um, but I'll tell you this, uh, you know, Florida state this year, I want to say their cap was probably around 4 million. Um, I think next year, the, you know, based off of what I'm hearing, uh, Florida state, Ohio state, Clemson, uh, Tennessee and Georgia are thinking that, They'll need to get around eight to ten million. I know Ryan Day has come out and said that, you know, to his boosters that they need twelve million to be able to compete in this space. And um it's absolutely true. But I will give you this one caveat is that, you know, you asked about Jared Verse and these you know, players like Jordan Travis and that stuff. I think one thing that's come out that's being really good about this is that, you know, when we talk about these high school players getting paid to go to the next level, there's a lot of nonsense there. A lot yeah. of these players do not get paid nearly the amount that they're putting out there. Um, not even anywhere close to six figures, um, unless you're one of the top 35 players in the country, meaning you're that true five-star at the end of the year. Right. Um, yeah. I know Pat Burnham was just talking about K.J. Bolden, that type right. of player, Landon Thomas, um, some of these guys at the top of Florida State's recruiting board. They might have to be a little bit more incentivized to come to a school like that, but for everybody else that's kind of middle of the pack in their recruiting class, they're going to be great players down the road, but they're not making hundreds of thousand dollars or the million dollars that people are talking about. That's that's really interesting, uh, Jake. We got I got so many more questions for you. Let's get you on another time. We're kind of up against it here. 
uh, today because I really want to get into uh, some of the other stuff. Very knowledgeable stuff. How can folks find you on uh, Twitter and social media? No, I really appreciate it, JP. We would love to come back on and talk. But if anyone wants to check us out, we're uh, nooffseasonfl.com, um, at nooffseasonfl on all socials. So come check us out. Great stuff, Jake. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Appreciate Thanks. you, JP. Thanks, Nick. Thank yeah. you. Go Noles. Um, wow, we, <laughs> this has been a very interesting show. So $4 million cap this year, that, I, that, I, that shocks me. I thought FSU would be up around $10 million. With the, with all the players they've had to retain, right, and the talent that they have on this team, um, that 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 shocks me. Well, it sounds like that's where it's going. That's where it's going. And, and, for and sure. keep into account yeah. everything it we might heard. Be there. And keep in account everything we heard was that FSU was really behind in this process when this right. first started two years that's ago. True. So they're true, true. having 